Welcome What's back. What's going on, man? How you doing, bud? Good, man. Come on. It's, it's always good to see you. Uh, good to hear you. Uh, for those listening to the audio pod, like you can't see Warren and it is a travesty. <laughs> I wish you could see him. He looks so good like always. Dude, I always get excited to see you. Um, today, guys, which F is this? This is the third F yeah, this is the in F. our series, our, our 5F series. Uh, today, Warren, we get to talk about something near and dear to both of our hearts. As we've cool. referenced earlier, we're talking about family. Family. Come on, family. Super so, important. Uh, both of us have humongous families yeah. based on kind of the, uh, the cultural norms. So we can talk about some of those things. Um, I, I am so thankful, so grateful for the family that I have. I know that you are too. You only ever yeah, talk glowingly absolutely. about them. Um, <laughs> beautiful children. It's incredible. Like the, the legacy that family leads to. Uh, and yeah. that's kind of where I wanted to start today's episode was talking about legacy. And absolutely. like everything that we do, there's going to be that, not just a sprinkling, but the overflow of faith and how it yeah. uh, kind of aided our Christian journey. Um, I think family is beautiful. I think it yeah. also has its challenges. Uh, it does. It has its uh, lack of volume control sometimes when yeah. we have, so for me, it's ages 13 to nine months right now. Um, <laughs> and so I'm going to make sure this episode, I shout out everybody by name because, you know, the kids love that when we're we're rewatching <laughs> it on YouTube. They want to see dad yeah. and they want to see, you know, um, but just, just so thankful for even the challenges, because I think there's been challenges that I've faced with family members that have taught me how to better relate to other people. They've, yeah. it's taught me how to, uh, maybe analyze the situation, analyze myself and how I'm interacting with people all through the lens of realizing that everyone is a real person with real problems. Uh, and in the end, I want them to really love God. And I think how I act towards my family, especially, will hopefully be a reflection and will matter the most in terms of helping them really love God. Come so, on. That's how about you, man? What what kind of, uh, I'll, I'll kick it off to you. Like, so what, what in terms of legacy, like thinking about the past, maybe your yeah. parents or grandparents or what's kind of the, um, the faith legacy of your family? Like put it through that lens. Ooh. So the faith legacy in my family is like our family kind of begins and ends with God at the center. Um, it's, it's just kind of like in every aspect of our family, like that's just, it's, it does, it's not a place where it doesn't exist. Um, and so I grew up in a family um, that my dad was a preacher um, and my grandfather was a deacon and I had uncles who were preachers. Um, and so very, very biblically sound, um, like character traits, um, like old school Baptist Bible carrying, um, yeah. like I, one of the, one of the verses that I knew that I didn't even know was in the Bible. I just thought it was a saying was spare the rod, spoil the child. And I'm like, what are you, what are you, what are we talking about? Like, like <laughs> I just knew cause, <laughs> cause it was like follow sure. the directions or we're going to beat you. You know, that's what it translates to me. Um, <laughs> Yeah. You know? And so growing up, you know, like, like faith was like, it was like a, a concept you didn't really like understood. You, like when you were growing, you're like faith, you know, you just, you are, you believe in Christ. Yes. Obviously I believe in Jesus because everybody believes in Jesus. Right. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. And so it's funny because, um, 
the the history of my family is not one of of like great prosperity or um you see how how faith and and how the connection to god has has grown throughout the generations in my family from my great great grandfather being a sharecropper um and 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 how I have ancestors who were slaves in america and how faith has carried um my family from that position to where we are today and i have such a diverse um family um that it's the same thing we begin and we end with god as the head um and so it just it just goes to prove that the word is true that god is faithful throughout all generations and all situations and so um i believe the legacy that i'm helping to cultivate for the next generation my children and my children's children um is that when you walk with god like when you really walk with god that you can walk through anything um but if you don't like you're you're bound to not make it anywhere like if, yeah. if you if you leave out god then you're leaving out the most important thing in your life and mm-hmm. so the we kind of built in like legacy like traditions things that um i grew up doing that i'm passing on to my children um uh, one thing just a staple because we get so busy in life right um one thing we take the time like when we eat dinner we try to eat dinner collectively as a family is that we say grace um and people are like, oh, yeah, I say grace. But we say grace out loud, corporately, holding hands. Um, and and I often pass that task around to different children, you know? Yeah. So they all can hear themselves praying out loud in front of their family. Um, this is a big thing for um, Christians. Um, I know Christians who are, you know, well in age, and they do not pray out loud or they they have never had the opportunity to pray out loud. Um, and so I, I think that that part kind of, it helps root my children in, in being able to speak about their faith, to be able to pray for someone um, because they're exposed to just that operating in their face with that. And people are like, oh, that it's just grace. But yeah, when you're when you're five years old and you know, like once a month, you're you're going to have to say grace at dinner then sure you know <laughs> it, it's up to you like oh fake it till you make it but it it helps you operate in the faith that you don't quite understand yet um and so i i just think that it's something that is just we've just learned to kind of carry with us so faith and family whew, that, that's the that's yeah. the connection right so um that, that's kind of that's kind of my my story um it's funny because I've got some characters in my family. There's some characters out there, some drunks. And, <laughs> Don't we all? Isn't that how you know, family goes? There, there, there's the uncle in the pen, you know. Yeah. You know, there yeah. there's some there's there's some pieces there, but I can I can honestly say that the core of my family, those are the outliers and the core of my family on Sunday morning, the Browns are in church somewhere around yeah. the world, you know. Um and it's just and I believe that church doesn't save you or church doesn't Church doesn't even give you a better relationship with God if you're not lean, leaning into that relationship and it's not personal. But right. what church does, it urges you into the presence of God. And when you get into the presence of God, amazing things happen. I know because you can play church and then, you know, sometimes you just go, you're just going, you're just going through the motions and then you have an experience and an encounter with God. And so I believe that the legacy of going to the house of God and worshiping it just kind of gives you a foundation that if you didn't have it, you know, it just, 
you, you're you're kind of looking for it, and so that's yeah, that's 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 a little history of of, of the of the Brown family in connection to faith in God. Sure, I love it, man. I, I feel the same. So I had the same kind of experience where, uh, you know, who doesn't go to church? Growing up yeah. in Virginia, Bible Belt. I mean, yeah. I think we're like loosely in the Bible Belt, maybe just at the peak of it there. If you <laughs> put, the, put the stripe across the country, but. Uh, I'm so grateful for the legacy of my dad's dad. So yeah. my grandfather on my father's side um, and my grandmother just uh, quoting scripture at every yeah. get together. That wasn't unusual um, and kind of covering us in prayer. So the the one thing that I really keyed in on what you said that I think is so important is like you said, you have family in jail, right? Mm-hmm. The, the challenge of that, like there, there is the, um, the family that's healthy and happy and kind of uh Norman Rockwell-esque where mm-hmm. it's just, everything's perfect and we're all having Thanksgiving dinner. But the truth is a lot of family is this mixed bag of, you don't mm-hmm. know what challenges people are facing. You don't know um, the struggle sometimes even in your own family. Um, yeah. And I've had a lot of that too. And I think the, the kind of legacy I think of is being covered in prayer. Come on. So as a Christian, you know uh, I know you know this, but we believe that prayer really is powerful and, but sometimes you don't see the results of that right away. And so my grandparents, my parents, uh, and, and the adults in our family, when we were younger, I think covering us in prayer has really shown itself powerful now as this next generation has come through. So there were times in my life where I walked away from God, but I know that the training that Mm -hmm. over and over again, that repetition, going to church, hearing the word, I know that it was making an impact because I could feel it as I was making wrong decisions. Yeah. I could feel the legacy of my family in a really positive way weighing on me. Yeah. Like it was operating as a conscience when I was trying to ignore God. I think yeah. God was using those lessons as like, do you remember this? Cause I know, you know, this is powerful. Yeah. Um, and I know so you've good. seen it in your life. So thankful to my grandparents for continuing that legacy of Christianity. I'm thankful to, um, my parents for continuing to go to church, even when I think, and this is really important. It's a mm. practice where even when you're not feeling it, like the Sundays I wake up tired or the the days where my wife and I are like, man, it would be so much easier not to change all these diapers and put on all these outfits and fight all these fights about getting in the car <laughs> yeah, and just watch online, watch on YouTube. Oh, we got an alarm going off. I think that's mine. Woo-hoo. That's really funny. My uh, somebody's trying to find my iPhone. Oh, that's awesome! Somebody's looking for your iPhone. That's right. I, they're trying to let me know that they're calling me right now. That's really funny. So sorry about that, guys. Yeah. So the truth is, um, that's my family. That's my son trying to find me right now. Let's go. Uh, yeah, it's like family on the pod. That's great. Let's go. So I think the really important thing is continuing those practices even when you're not uh, feeling up to it, when you're not ready to go, not feeling your best, everything's not curated perfectly. I think remaining faithful um, through every challenge, through every struggle, through every uh, dirty diaper that Mm -hmm. gets dirtied right before you're about to leave the house. And some of those parents out there with diapers know what I'm talking about. Um, all of those things are so important Come on, in terms of keeping a legacy of yeah. faith through family. 
So I, I'm thankful that my parents fought through it and did, you know, and, and it's not always a struggle. Sometimes it's beautiful and you see your kids worshiping, raising their hands at church and you're yeah. able to worship with your wife or you see um, your grandparents and like, hey, let's go to this Christmas Eve service. And yeah. it's just, um, it's been awesome to see those things and the community, Yeah, you know, and, and we could talk about this maybe a little bit is there's family beyond family. I think oh, there's yeah. been times where I have friends uh, especially uh, Christian friends, church friends, um, just life friends that I meet at church. Let's not call them church friends. Like they don't, they're not yeah. just, you know, they're, they're the warm Browns of my life where they're going to be friends forever in every situation. But our faith was the first thing that brought us geographically. Yep. And then, you know, uh, kind of belief wise together, they, yeah. uh, we have a shared concept of who God is and how important mm-hmm. it is. So it brought us all together under one roof and then you get to know each other from there. So I think family is really good that way too, that you get to choose some of your family Mm -hmm. and you know, some of those others you don't. And sometimes you feel that, you know, uh, like the funny, okay. So this was an interesting story. My, uh, my wedding happens June 13th of 09. Uh, so thankful. Awesome day. Uh, now what? 14 years later. Um, let's go weird, weird statistic. Uh, three of my four groomsmen have been to jail since that Ooh. day. Uh, I don't know what I did wrong. No, I'm just kidding. It's, <laughs> it, but it's, that's what I'm talking about is like family choices. So they were all cousins of mine. Uh, yeah. And I know that they're not going to mind uh, the stories I'm telling where um, just different choices were made. There was yeah. drug use. There was a drug trafficking. There was some, um, you know, stealing things for money and, and mm-hmm. just different uh, addictions that popped up or, um, emotional challenges they faced and tried to cover with alcohol and then wow. driving and getting caught or yeah. getting hooked up with the wrong people, I think. And I'm still so grateful. All of them were my groomsmen. I wouldn't change a thing. It was an incredible day. And I still have um, a relationship with a bunch of them. Unfortunately, uh, my best man passed away. So my mm-hmm. cousin, uh, he actually died of a heroin overdose. So it got oh. the best of him. Yeah. And in terms of family, one of our sons, Christopher, uh, is adopted. So um, there's just a legacy of that too. I think I think faith conquering pain, yeah. um, love winning in the end. It's just so good. But I I I understand the muck and the mess of family, and yet I still think family is so important. Come on. Um, and, and the really cool legacy, so one of the legacies, one of my cousins who went in for the uh, driving drunk went for a year and a half and found God again, like got reconnected. And I think that's one of those uh, witnesses for praying for the generations yeah. is that look at him now. He is now like an associate youth pastor mm-hmm. uh, at the church that we grew up in, in Hampton. And he is working full time at the shipyard as like a, a welder or a electrician, you know, one of those uh, trade jobs. And yeah. he's moving up at that job too. And he's so, got five kids, by the way, all in church, come met on. his wife at the church we grew up in. Come so on. cool. I mean, it's just like this continuous flourishing yeah. um, through faith. And I really believe it is the legacy because you will make poor choices. That's a sin oh, world. Yeah. That's a fallen world. People will make poor choices, but I really feel like, the legacy ahead of you, hmm. right, is really important. But Come the on. legacy behind you is important. And wh- what I want to say, by the way, to people listening, if you're one of those people, like you've been to jail, 
you've made poor choices. Maybe you haven't been to jail. Maybe you've been able to hide the poor choices. <laughs> you can create a legacy for your family going forward. Yeah. If you are the first one to start praying. So mm. you can be the grandfather or grandmother that yeah. somebody is thankful they made a different choice. Yeah. And so what I want to be is for those that will end up knowing me in generations, like after a few generations, your legacy is there, but you're not necessarily remembered. I don't really yeah. know the names of my great, great grandfathers and things like that. I'm sure I could look it up, but I know somewhere along the way, somebody was praying Yeah, and Jesus was a part of our lives through that legacy. And so what I'm saying is anybody listening, you can add that to your legacy as well. Yeah. You can make a choice today, right now, pause this pod, pray to have Jesus come into your life, start reading your Bible, start getting connected to come on. others at church, grow your family in quotes mm -hmm. they don't need to be blood relatives grow your family, family around you grow the people that will pray for you around you that will support you around you it is so important come on and there's going to be muck and mess and i think that's literally why we're doing church is because we need to be yeah. able to talk about the cousins who died of a drug overdose we need to be able to talk about people that go to jail mm -hmm. and that they are just as important hear me when mm -hmm. i'm saying it guys just as important as everyone else in your life that looks like they have a clean, curated, Come faithful on. life. Let's go. So love Let's your go. family, guys. Come on. Come on. Love your I'm gonna family. I'm going to pause there. I'll get, I'm a, I'll get off the soapbox for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. You, I mean, I love it. Which, what you were talking about really kind of just, it, it really hit. I mean, I know there's some people out there listening now that that really just, it hits home to what, like, like what you don't normally hear on a Christian podcast, right? Air quotes yeah. there, right? Um, because I'll go back to the fact that we're real people. And and real people, you know, take the mask off. Real people got real problems, right? The difference is we really love God. So we can talk about, we can talk in, in our family, right? Just because we're following God doesn't mean that there aren't people in our family that are struggling, that are That's right. far from God or, 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 have walked away, knowingly walked away. That's one thing that kind of, that really hurts when you grow up in a family that, that is a family yeah. of faith and you have people who have known, they knowingly walk away. I got people in my family who they say they'll never go to church. They say, look, don't even take me to church when I die. I'm like, what is going on here? Wow. And you're like, you're like, what happened? Like what, what happened? And, and what we do as family, we continue to be faithful, keep praying for them. And, and, mm -hmm. and these are people that we love. We want the best yeah. for them, but they're part of our family, right? And so you don't get to pick your family. You don't. You're born into it, right? God that's chose right. you for them, right? That That's how that Ooh, goes. God chose to good, plant you good. there, right? And so obviously there's a purpose for you in your family, right? And if yeah. you're believing and walking with God, part of your purpose is covering your family in prayer, right? Not Not pushing them away from God, but loving them through the lens of God. And what did Jesus do when he was here? He didn't go to the people who were clean and didn't need him. He went to the people with the biggest problems, the people that society has turned their back on. And we have some of those same people in our family. And here's the thing. If you blink, you could be one of those people. Legitimately. Mm. You, Wait, you ever see the again. guy on the say corner with the sign and you're like, how did that happen to him? Look, don't judge. Because you don't know how that happened. I, I never expected to be a person who, um, who didn't have food 
to eat, right? It just happened. It happened to me. I lived through that, mm. right? Um, yeah. I, and and I so I understand people who go in a grocery store and they steal bologna because they they may not even be stealing for themselves. They may be stealing for other people who are hungry and they just trying to eat. And you're like, oh, they're thugs, they're criminals. And you're like, you don't know the entire story. Don't yeah. Don't judge. Like like don't judge others. Right. Give grace. Right. And if you can mm. help, help. Right. And because yeah. You know, not only are is our family our family, but as Christians, right, the world around us, we're called to the world around us, right? To love one another, like 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 God loves us. And so our family extends beyond the walls of our last name or our heritage, and it extends That's real. to a to a bigger world, right? Um, and so I'll 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 get off that off ramp and I'll get on this off get on this on ramp. So we're talking about family, right? And so mm-hmm. Um, Jason, I want to, I want to just see, uh, just open up this door of conversation of, uh, family and function, right? Like, like family and how does, how do you function or how does your family function? For me, I'll be honest with you. I have a big blended family. Well, so, so mm. for, for people like, so what does that mean? That means that my family is not one solid unit, right? So I have seven beautiful children, right? Um, in this, in my seven, throughout my children, right? They don't all have the same mother. Let me just give it to you straight. Real people, real right. problems, right? Um, yeah. I did 21 years in the Navy and 13 deployments, um, which wrecked havoc uh, mm. on my relationships, my my intimate relationships throughout my life, right? And so I've I've been the I've experienced divorce, right? Um, and I've walked through that. And so my family has learned to function, right, with different elements that other families don't deal with, you know, um, divorce and blended families are not, they're not unusual this day and age. Um, but in the church, there's something that we kind of don't deal with. Um, blended families are, you know, maybe it's, maybe, a, maybe there's a, a, a small group, um, that deals with that. But in most churches, we just act like it doesn't exist. Um, we, we, we just, we kind of just like, ah, maybe they sinned, maybe something happened. We really don't address it because we have this, we, at the church corporately, right. Um, we, we kind of want things to be clean. We kind of want things to be like the driven snow. Right. But that's just not how life is. That's just not how, that's how God is. Right. That's, that's how God is. And we're trying to be like God. But the the problem with that is we're only try- attempting to be like God. He is God and he's the only one who can make us correct. And so yeah. um, I've experienced, um, I've experienced being in church and, and having people kind of be like, wait a minute, you don't, you don't all the way look like your, your sister or um, yeah, you, yeah. You, you got an older brother who is, who is, who's grown. Like, how does that, how does this, and people try to figure out like, like, how do you guys work? So the way my family functions is we function in authenticity. We are who we are. Um, And I've always told my children, they're like, don't be ashamed of who you are. This is your experience. God's allowing you to live this life. Um, And so don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't be ashamed to talk about your mother and your stepmother, your siblings. And don't be afraid to be who God has created you to be. Because the blessing is on the real you, not the fake you. I don't want you to go around and be like, no, we're perfect. We're this. There's no problems. Nope. Yeah. Be who you are. 
right? Um, and and another funny note about my family is how we function is people always ask like, hey, where are you guys from? And they don't even know how to answer it. They're like, we're from <laughs> Earth? Because yeah. being military brats, they spent their life moving every three years, two years mm-hmm. sometimes. And so sure. um, I only have two kids that are born in the same place. And so out of seven, oh, yeah, so okay. like Houston, New Jersey, Hawaii, Japan, you know, so they're like, where are you from? They're like, dad, where are we from? Everywhere. Yeah. yeah they're yeah, like, where yeah. are we from? And so I also tell them, I was like, lean into that. Like it's a conversation starter. Like people are like, what, where are you? And they're like, well, I live here now, but I, I was here over there. And three years ago I was over here. And so it just, it's what I'm saying is families have to learn to function in different ways with what they are. Um, and I believe the true blessing is on being exactly who you are. Cause I see a lot of people, especially in Christian space, trying to put their family into a perfect box that they'll never fit into. Um, and so Jason, how, how does function and family work with you? Because I know you have some dynamics that most people are like, what? Wait a minute. I remember when we first met and you were like, yep, I got this many kids. Boom, boom. Oh yeah. And that's my adopted son. Like, wait a minute. You already had a bunch of kids. Like, how do you like, so, so I know your function is different than what most people expect. So, so sure. So we function with a uh, 12-seater van, and we've, we function with uh, good gas mileage. Come no, on, it's, it is like that, though. Like, let's we're, um, our sports car is a, you know, seven-seater minivan. Um, thankfully, been really, really thankful for that DVD player on long trips. Like, let's it's go. been really nice to give them some entertainment. Um, no, so we have um, about every two years of our marriage starting with like year one, we've had a kid. Um, Let's go. Whoa. We only took a break one time. So we did, we had Isaiah, my oldest son, 13 in 2010. And then Matthew 2012, Liliana 2014. Then 2016 had JJ and adopted Christopher who are three months apart. So they're, they are twinsies. Like they're, they literally think of themselves as twins. So (laughs) Christopher is three months older. Um, then we waited a little bit, probably because of the twin situation, just the challenges of parenting that. And it was the first time I was waking up to feed, you know, like, uh, thankfully Delia was breastfeeding and I was just kind of grabbing babies out of bassinets and handing them to her. But for the first time I was doing formula. So I'm up at 2am, 4am. Um, it was a challenge. It's real. Like I, for all those, uh, waking mothers and things like that, I feel your pain just a little bit, just a little bit. (laughs) Um, and so then 2019 we had Ruby and, uh, 2021 had Aiden and then 2023 recently we had Ian. And so that's all eight. That's the rundown. And we, we swore or thought not swore. That's like a, like we weren't that intense about it, but we both said, you know, uh, somewhere between four and five kids. That was kind of the goal. Yeah. And so the, the interesting thing about our family and how we kind of were thinking of it was we had JJ. So that was our fourth kid and we'll do one more. Well then adopting Christopher put us at five. And so in my head, uh, I thought, you know, maybe I guess we're done. Like that's, that's kind of, we hit the goal. And, um, it was really on my wife's heart to have one more from her. Like she just was feeling like mm. God was saying, let's do one more. 
Uh, and so I said, great. Like she was all in, let's do, you know, like, uh, for those that don't know how babies are made, let's yeah. keep practicing and yeah. then we'll, uh, we'll eventually get there, get somebody yeah. pregnant. Um, so we had Ruby and this is a great story. I love telling this one. Uh, and, and it is selfish of me. So I like <laughs> Delia had such grace for me, but we're in the hospital. Delia's just had the baby. I mean, it's, I think it's hours later. Couldn't have been more than a day, day and a half later. And by the way, it's a blur in the hospital because yeah. you don't get to pick when the baby comes. So sometimes you have it 1 a.m. So if it's been a day, it still feels like all the same day for mm -hmm. about two days straight. Um, I grab Ruby out of the bassinet and I'm holding her in this chair next to the hospital chair that Delia is now relaxing in and just uh, kind of re-energizing and, and letting her body heal. Um, and I'm holding Ruby and I'm just madly in love. And I look over at Delia and I just say, seven? <laughs> just uh -huh. like that. And she wow. looks at me and goes, hey, babe, you're good. Um, just yeah. give me like a week or two to <laughs> kind of heal. And then we'll answer <laughs> that. Because she said, if I answer you right now, it's definitely no. It's, it's definitely and, no. And you could yeah. see on her face, it was like, really? Yeah. So in her uh, mind, we were done. So then we talked about it. She said, you know what? Let's do seven. And then... We did it. We, we did, we had Aiden. Uh, and then when, as Aiden's arriving, now we have kids that are like, you know, 11, nine, uh, seven. So they're old enough to have opinions. And, um, I, I remember specifically Matthew and Liliana being like eight, you know, as, as Aiden's Ooh. born. And so we made a deal with them. Like we'll do eight and that's it. Like we won't have this discussion again. Daddy's going to have a nice surgery where we're going to shut down the baby conveyor belt. The, the baby factory's closing shop. Uh, so a, a cardinal, a, a red flag, red letter day in our household is September 7th of 23. We, we chop shop, you know, <laughs> I, I was in there talking to the doc while things went down. So um, anyway, that, that was kind of that. So we grew this gigantic family. Wow. Because at different intervals, I just think that's such a cool story for the last three that were kind of over what we ever expected. Yeah, It was a different kind of uh, impetus or feeling mm. or a different energy coming from different people for the next one. It was mm. like six from Delia, seven from me, mm. eight from the kids. Like, And it just, now that they're here, wow. it just feels like that was the number. Wow. Like that was the right number. We never could have known. So God literally doubled what our expectation was Come on. in both challenge and reward. Let's go. Cool. Right. And I think that is literally, we've talked about this a few times, Deli and I, that's literally a mirror of ministry and loving people. And the challenge of life is that God will bring you double, mm -hmm. but then you have the responsibility of double. Yeah. Um, and what God has done, even though I didn't always have peace about it, or I'd like to, I could pretend like I always had security in my heart and mind, but the truth is I was always striving and I think that created challenges. So we had a bunch of kids, but for years and years early in my career, speaking of family, I was hurting our family with my lack of patience about my status or my pay or the promotions I was getting. Mm -hmm. And I felt behind, which was a lie. Like it was an absolute lie. If you're out there striving and you're hurting your family in terms of they're looking for attention when you get home and all you can think about is the struggle at work Yep. or they're looking for you for um, appreciation of yep. that dinosaur that might be a horse. It could be like a giraffe. You're not really 
sure what it is. Uh, and they're just looking to you to say, man, well awesome. done on that drawing. Yeah. You know, thank you for drawing this. And really, you don't even know, but they're asking, am I worthy? Yeah. Am I good enough? Yep. Give those children the time. Absolutely. And let me tell you, we I, I told you we bring years of mistakes. Yeah. One of the mistakes I made early um, in my relationship with my sons and my daughter, the first three, they get to bear the brunt of all my mistake making and immaturity. And some of them still do now. Like I'm, you know, I'll always be growing as a dad because you're never really there. But they had to bear the brunt of stress from work, mm. me not feeling good enough, bosses that make me feel less than, yeah, which then make me question, am I less than? And mm. I don't know if I ever really felt that, but man, my kids didn't deserve me ignoring them. Yeah. Me fussing at them, me yelling at them because of some strife I was feeling in my life. Um, and thankfully, I think worked through that pretty well. There's still moments when there's eight kids where you're like, all right, you turn into the the drill sergeant. You're like, let's go. There's still wow. times where I'm like, you know, do, do I need to like bend you over my knee? Like what is happening? Uh, like what control. is going on? Um, there's a lot of testosterone. And in, in the same way, there's a lot of, I guess, estrogen is what you would call it. Like I never really thought about it that way, but there's a lot of just emotions and hormones going on in your house. Man, we have, we have <laughs> 10 people. So you wouldn't think so. We have nine and a half, I would say. Ian, he's starting to develop opinions. But once they're about two, mm -hmm. we have nine solid opinions on what should be happening at yeah. any moment. And those things will be communicated in a diversity of ways. That could be ignoring you. That could be turning the volume up in the headphones. It could also be pouring uh, what we like to refer to as puffs all over the floor because yeah. you're upset. You know, you dump the Cheerios everywhere because you're just so frustrated. Um, and that was me. No, I'm just kidding. That's a, that was Aiden. <laughs> Sorry, Aiden. Love you, buddy. Uh, but he's two, so he's communicating how he can communicate. And I'm not judging because I was in my 30s and still communicating like, ah, you know? Yeah. So I think family functioning is Delia and I leaning into God. Come on. Trusting uh, for the future of our children. Um, and knowing that because we had the legacy of prayer mm -hmm. and because we trust what God is doing, we're going to continue that legacy and hopefully build building blocks. Now, here's the scary part about family. Here's the challenge and here's the encouragement I'm bringing. With that many kids, there's so many statistics that would tell you the odds that all of them end up Christian is low. Mm -hmm. The odds that one of them dies before us is high, mm -hmm. right? It's a risky business, right? You have yeah. more kids. Um, the odds that they go through struggles, the odds mm -hmm. that like the odds that we come out clean, clean sheet, never had a problem ever is zero. Yeah. Cause you have eight kids. We've already not clean sheeted some people. Like it's just, and I don't have a clean sheet. Like I had a legacy where people praying for me in high school, late high school, early college, decided I was going to live life how I wanted to live life because this whole Christian thing, man, yeah. I don't want to be a Christian if it looks like criticizing someone who has tattoos, right? Mm -hmm. Really what Christianity looks like is imperfect people trying to mirror Jesus, sometimes getting caught up in the church yeah. building and curating and forgetting we're always trying to mirror Jesus and we're never going to get there. So you don't have to add more to that. Wow. You never have to add more to that. Keep trying to be like Jesus. Don't try to be like anyone else. If you're standing on stage with a microphone or you're sitting in the back of the building or you never attended church before in any spectrum 
along that. Work hard to be like Jesus and it will change your life. Yeah. It will enhance whatever position you have and it will help you serve others better. That's the enhanced position you'll have is you'll have peace in serving others. And I think that would be the answer. How does our family function? It functions best when I mirror what my wife does better than I do. Serving our kids, serving each other, right? I'm serving my wife. I'm serving my kids. I am uh, remaining a servant leader and remembering that God gave me this blessing. It's not come on mine to protect. He's going to protect us. It's mine to take care of while I'm here. That's so good. Dude. So that, that's so the function. That's so good. Jason, you like, man, the way you just like explained like the formation of your family, like the every two years and then getting to the end yeah. and you're like six, seven. Yeah. Seven. Eight? Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Like it's funny because I mean, I got seven, you got eight, but your eight are like an intentional eight. Like, let's go, let's go. Oh, like, yeah, you saw yeah, it coming. Like a- <laughs> I was, bruh, I was, I'm on a whole different spectrum. Like I started my okay. dad journey at 18. Um, okay. Um, my oldest, uh, uh, my firstborn, Christopher, um, man, this guy, he revolutionized my life. Like he showed up in a mm. time where I was, I was kind of on a rebellious situation. I wasn't far from God, but I wasn't like locked in and close. Um, yeah, Chris, man, Chris, Chris showed up at 18 years old. Whoa. How do you like? 18. Um, if, if you've, if you've watched a couple episodes, you, you understand that my, my dad was a pastor and he died when I was 15. So from, from 15 to 18, now, now I got a kid on the way. You can imagine mm. that the stuff that happened in the middle there, like, like how did you get from there to here? Um, but when he showed up, um, my dad was my personal hero, right? Like, I didn't get to tell him that, but, um, I, man, I looked up to this guy, like, and what a great role model. I can say today at 44 years old, like, man, he was, he was the truth. He wasn't perfect, but man, he gave me some values of how to be a man that I still lean on today. There's some, there's some places and things I can't go say or do because of who he was like, like I represent him on the earth. And so I carry kind of his legacy. And so there's just some things that I, I, I just won't be susceptible to, I believe in my life, just because of who my father was. Isn't that a great analogy of when you, of when you, when you make Jesus Lord of your life, there's just some things and places and there's some things yeah. that just aren't negotiable in your life. Okay. I'll get yeah. off that highway. But if you don't, I'm telling you, it's so good to be connected to God. It puts a hedge of protection around your life. Um, but Christopher showed up and he kind of he kind of got me back fully in line. It really scared me straight. I was like, wait a minute. Number one, I wasn't married. I wasn't married at the time. Um, yeah. um, and now here is a child coming. And because my dad was so important to me, my life, I, I angled my life back toward God. I remember praying, God, I'm a hot mess. I'm a hot mm. mess. I don't have life figured out. Um, I got a GED. I mean, I'm a manager at Walmart and I got a kid on the way. I am, I'm literally um, um, making a mess of this life right now. 
And I immediately start turning and, and seeking wise counsel. So the, one of the first things I did was um, um, married his mom. Like it was just, and granted that may not have been like, like, like the thing to do, but it was, it wasn't negotiable to me. I was like, Nope, Nope. My, my kid's coming and I'm going to be with his mom. And that's just how that's this decision's already made. And so yeah. um, Chris was born. Um, and then um, his brother, Warren Jr. was born. Why did I name my second son Warren Jr.? Well, I'm a second born, so. Oh, okay. It was kind of by design. I've never heard that story before. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. So Christopher is the oldest and Warren Jr. is the second oldest because um, I have an older brother. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And um, shortly thereafter, me and his mom, we just didn't, the Navy and life and being young. And mm. here I am, a young man with two sons and spending a lot of time away from them. Um, and so, um, but I always tried to make space um, to prioritize my children. Um, and a, a little bit later, um, I had Curtis Anthony, um, and I named him after my, um, my father. Um, and I had him with my, my then wife. Um, and he brought a different aspect into my life. Um, so I just thought I was just going to have boys. I mean, I didn't have a sister growing up. <laughs> right. And I had three boys and I was just like, this is just, our family's just a family of men. Right. Yeah. We're a boy factory. We're just, we're just, a, we're just a family <laughs> of men. Right. Sure. Um, and it's crazy because today Curtis is 18. Uh, Warren Jr. is 23 and Chris is 25. They are legally grown men and the relationship has like, change um i'm still dad right advisor but we have this great friendship i have these have these three amazing men um who love god and um it's just it's just amazing to to walk through life with them um and so um i had my first daughter didn't think it was possible and my (laughs) first daughter her name is tiffany carmella i named her Carmela is my mother's name. So I named her after uh, my mother um, and she flipped my life completely upside down. Like just because I, I was raising, I was raising men and, and sure. I was, you know, I was, I was a chief in the Navy and I was, I was, I was at it. I was, I was a rah, rah guy. I mean, I yeah. was, you know, and then I had a girl and my whole life just flipped upside down. It, it was, <laughs> it was a done it was done deal. Like, I think yeah. that was the beginning of my softy side coming out. Like, I mean, I became okay with pink and, you know, I yeah. can't tell you how many tea parties and Barbies and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. Right. And so, right. Um, she brought something to my life that just totally transformed. And I keep talking about what they've brought to me because I, I view them as such a blessing and such an honor to be a father. It's, it's to me outside of being, being called by God, it's the greatest calling in life. For it's sure. the biggest job out of everything I've ever done. It is the most, it is the most valuable job I feel to me that God entrusted me with his creation to guide and lead them. And I was just like, man, this is just, it's, it's, it's awesome. And so from Tiffany, um, God brought a little girl into my life. At, she was four years old um, and I married her mother. Um, Curtis and, and, um, Tiffany's mother, that relationship didn't work 
Whew, another podcast, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, Isabella, I met her when she was four years old. She had just turned four. Um, and I married her mother. And I can tell you out of, out of all my babies, God, God allowed me to meet and love and be um, such an important part of Isabella's life. I believe to, to help me show others that parents and family, they aren't always like blood. They, they don't, yeah. they aren't always, you know, it doesn't always come in a package that you think it's going to come in. Isabella is one of my, I have four daughters in total. We'll get to all of them. But Isabella is one of the closest to me. Like she can kind of look at me and see like, like what I'm thinking. And it's amazing because sure. I see her as, as me. I see her as she, she is, she's in the fold. She's never been out of the fold. And right. so, and I think for her entire life, come what may, she will always be there. Um, and so they are they are in with five now. I got three sons, two daughters, and with uh, Isabella's mother. Uh, her name is Chanel, um, an amazing woman. Um, we had uh, Calais Angela, Don Brown, and Calais special because Calais carries the name of her mother and her two sisters. Isabella's okay. middle name is Calais. Um, Tiffany's middle name is Don. And Angela's, uh, Chanel's middle name is Angela. So her name is Calais Angela Dawn Brown. And so, um, and I thought, and so I named her like that because it was supposed to be the bookend on the kids situation. It was supposed yeah, to be three and three. Dunno, right? Like, boom. So yeah. Three boys, three girls. We're done. Let's go. A nice blended family. Put them in the blender. Whoop, yep. We're good to go, right? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in in the transition of all this happening, Christopher uh, graduates high school and he goes off to the Navy. And um, um, our house is is one less. And so, what happens when 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 you lose something, you just get something else. And so, we had a replacement kid that okay <laughs> may or may not have been like, let's have a kid. It was like, hey, we're having a kid. I was like, oh. But Calais was the bookend, but you yeah. have this, I have this little girl. Her name is Penelope Danielle Jane. And she is the perfect ending to every story. She's, she's that girl. She's man. I couldn't imagine life without her. She is a spitfire. Um, but she has, um, she's humbled me. Like Penelope is, she's, she will challenge you. She's so sweet though. Um, um, but that's kind of like my, my kid timeline and story. Um, and so going back to the theme of how family functions and how family looks, um, I'm, I'm going to swing that into, um, this off, this on-ramp into, um, how family and fatherhood functions. Cause we're two fathers. Um, yes. And it's important, right? I'm going to, Talk to the guys who are listening to the podcast for a second here. It's important that you understand that um, as men, God has called us to be the priests of our homes. He's called us to be the leaders um, and um, servant leaders at that. Not, not, you know, not Genghis Khan. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. We, we, we're called to be servant leaders to our, our home. And I, I can tell you, 
I've learned more about the spirit of God through the natural inclinations of fatherhood. Not the stuff I've planned, not the stuff that I intentionally do, the stuff that innately comes out of me because I'm connected to God. What, what does that kind of mean? Like the things that I think about, not intentionally. It just comes, it comes to me. And I'm like, I, I feel like God yeah. thinks about me the same way. Because I've, I've spent many days, I have seven babies, two grandbabies now, but seven kids that are mine. Whoa. And I can tell you, I don't know every hair on their head, but I know a lot about them. Like you can't, I don't think anybody can come to me and tell me something about my kid that would surprise me because I know their nature. I know, you know, I, I, I kind of know how they move and they're all unique and different. And I pray for them in different ways. And I, I love them in different ways and I'm not perfect, but it's just natural to meet them where they are. And I feel like being a father just shows me how God meets us where we are. Like, like God loves Jason differently than he loves me because we, we operate on, you know, even though we're both his, we both belong to him. We're both his children. We're different. You know, I've, I've kids who are kinetic learners. I have kids who are, are, you know, they, they, they operate in different, I have kids who are really, they're smart. It doesn't take them long to catch on. And then I have babies that it takes repetition for them to get it, you know? Yeah. And so fatherhood in, in family and leading has taught me that, but I've, also learned that in the beginning I wasn't giving fatherhood the effort that it needed. Okay. Kind of like what you talked about, like uh, chasing the career and, and trying to make something and, and just missing the moments. And the biggest thing um, for future fathers or current fathers, I would invite you to slow your life down. If you have children, you have family, you have a spouse, Slow your life down so you can really enjoy and be present in the moments. All right. Just don't be in the picture. Be present in that moment. Right. Don't have your kids look back and be like, yeah, dad, you were there, but you, you weren't there. You know, my older sons, we have great relationships today, but so much such great relationships that they tell me things that blow my mind. And I often end up apologizing because they'll tell me like, yeah, dad, like, like there was there was a stretch of life where you missed like five birthdays. Like you were on deployment, yeah. like you were gone. Like I, I didn't think you were ever going to be around for my birthday. And I, and I, and I can confidently say to them today, like, well, I won't miss any more. Right. Um, yeah. But in retrospect, I'm able to make those corrections because I've, I've found time to be present in current moments so I can help heal things that I didn't even know that I was a part of in the past. Um, and so God makes all things brand new. And so just be active and be present in, in, in the life of your family, right? That it's just a key on, it's a key on an off ramp onto fatherhood because I believe it's important in a world where men are attacked um, just for being who God has called us to be. But take the attack because your family needs you there, present. They yeah. need you active. They need you um, doing what God has called you to do. Um, and so I believe that was important to say. And Jason, I know you... I probably want to tap into that a little bit because I, I just think, you know, not to get heavy, but we are church and we're real people. Um, but we're telling you about our families that are imperfect groups of people who we're just yeah. leading. We're leading to God by our examples and we're learning. We don't have it all figured out. 
Um, but we are doing the best we can to lead our families in a godly way. But the best way to do that, right, is not lead them outside of the picture, but be in the picture and be present. So, Right. Don't worry about being perfect. So Come the on. cool thing about being a dad is I think we get an opportunity to try our best to reflect God yeah. for our kids. But the really interesting part about being a dad is you can show them God's grace because yeah. of the things you're going to do imperfectly. Come on. Um, I think the effort is what's important. I think mm. culturally we have too many dads that check out because it's going to be too hard mm. because it's too much of a burden because they want to do something different. And then it's only upon reflection. So maybe if you're, if you're hearing this, just listen to us upon reflection, you realize you probably would have gotten where you are going. Any success you have, you probably would have gotten there anyway. Yeah. More time with your kids wasn't going to hinder that. Yeah. More time spending time with your spouse wasn't going to hinder that more time doing dishes at home instead of thinking of those ideas. Like that was a challenge for me specifically was, um, chores where you're, you're like, well, but I'm, I'm busy doing things yeah, and you're not too busy. Yeah. I know it feels like it and, and your brain can run away with you and my brain ran away with me. And, um, I'm thankful for the grace of my wife and my kids that they're reflecting. Come on. Jesus has sacrificed to me by through the forgiveness, through their uh, willingness to put up with my imperfection and still loving me because the really great thing about being a dad and being around is I can mess up and then know when I show up from work that same day, yeah, there's still going to be real genuine joy that Come my on. kids will have on their face to see me yeah. or they really, really, really still want to say goodbye. Yeah. They want to make sure that they come up and hug me and kiss me on the cheek kiss me on the mouth sometimes. Like it's just, we're, we're a kiss and hugging family mm -hmm. and they want to make sure that even if let's say they're avoiding me so that I'm not upset with them. Let's say they, they don't want me to ask them to clean their room right before I leave. They don't care. They're still, they want to make sure that as a dad, I still want them. Yeah. And I'm thankful because I'm saying to them by saying goodbye, Hey, do you still want me? Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm your dad. I love you. I'm letting, you know, I'm leaving for a little bit, but this, I love you. And this hug and this kiss is a promise that I'm coming back. Yeah. Um, and I think for the dads out there that are wondering, should they be present? Maybe that, that girl or, um, you know, whoever it is, your wife, whatever is like pushing you away, challenging you in ways that are hard. Like it's so worth it to fight, to be a dad. Come on. Um, and for your kids to know you want them. That's good. And for your, for your wife to know you're there. And for, I mean, all these things like, and building upon that, what it's going to do is in your community, people will be able to come to you for advice. Yep. They'll be able to come to you. I know Warren, you and I have talked about this. Like we are so grateful to be in a position where other men will occasionally ask us for advice, mm -hmm. like to have lived enough. It's funny. I feel like I turned a page where when I mentioned when I was younger, I felt like I was behind. Well, now with a bunch of kids, you have grown men, maybe older than me, looking at me for advice for children or what it is. And what you learn is you don't have to strive. You just live and God will bring these lived experiences that build you up Absolutely. and they add to your story. So if you stay committed and stay honorable and work 
in improving yourself mm-hmm. and just leaning into God, Come he's going to bring those things to you. So those things you think you want, they're coming. Yeah. Uh, and ironically, they're coming through fatherhood where I thought they were coming outside of fatherhood. They're coming through your marriage, even though I thought they were coming outside of marriage and, and succeeding in the business world or succeeding at creative ideas that I had. And um, no amount of success we have with church, no amount of listeners on the pod will ever matter more than Aiden running up to me at the end of the day and screaming, daddy, like I'm his favorite musician and he's at that concert <laughs> and I'm, and he's backstage. Yeah. Like he treats me like I'm a superstar and for him I am. And that's all I really need. That's good. So if you think you need somebody to treat you like a superstar, have a kid and two years later you will get the concert <laughs> feeling. That's I promise. So it's really awesome. That so, is so good. Jesus loves you guys. Just as a reminder, you have no family. Let's say you have no kids. Let's say you don't have any dating prospects. Let's say you are the loneliest you have ever been. Start with Jesus yeah. as your dad. God, your father, start there. Your family is now as complete as it ever needs to be. And God's going to add to it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So good. So I was good. trying to add a mic drop. Do you like that? It <laughs> <laughs> was pretty good. Dude, yeah. You, God's you the killed one. It. You killed it, man. Thanks, man. It's, it's Thanks, so, dude. I love what you said there because it's, it's, I believe it is, it's the case more often than not that families don't look like what the picture of a family that we've been shown mm. is. Sure. Um, there are a lot of people out there who um, they're not with their, um, the mother of their child or the mother's not with the father or um, yeah. m- maybe somebody's deployed for military people. Maybe, uh, maybe they're experiencing uh, separation. Um, it's all types of situations going on. But start with God as the center of your family, right? And keep yeah. showing up. Whatever position you play in the family, be the best at that position. There's a speech I used to give my my children. Kind of like let them know their place in the family, but yeah. it's applicable. Like whatever position you are in this family, be the best at that. So if you're the brother, be the best brother. If you're the father, be the best father with the with the situation that you have don't worry about the situation just be the best you can keep showing up mothers sisters aunties grandparents just keep showing up right ask god for the strength to continue to show up with your for your family he will help mend all broken things and best days lie ahead there is protection in the family there's love in the family um, and I'm telling you that if you just continue to show up, God will do something tremendous and amazing. He never fails. That's right. You're going to succeed through consistency and God's going to bless it. Oh, I love it. It's good, man. That's, Ooh. I think that's it. I think that's the third F it's the family. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> Let's go. I'm thankful for you as family, Warren. Man, I choose you, man. You have no You're idea. You're my brother. I appreciate it a lot. You are the man. Like for those hey. who are listening through audio, Jason started said I was looking good, but today Jason yeah. has on the baddest shirt. I'm telling you, I've been trying yeah. to get me. I think one day uh, he's gonna find the shirt and gift it to me. Um, yeah, uh, you know, in my size because that shirt, that's the one, man. Next but level, it's, okay. but it's not the shirt; it's how he makes it look. 
right? Thank you. Oh, and get out. It's, Come how, on. it's how he makes it look, right? Because, yeah. and, 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 and this is a metaphor, <laughs> this is a metaphor for you guys looking, for you guys listening, right? Like people will want your life, but it's not the elements of your life. It's you moving through life that they want. Yeah. When, when that happens, point them to the source, right? That makes you shine. And that's Jesus. Yeah. That's what we're here to do, to be a light in a dark place. And Jason, right, you are a light in a world that needs it. So I appreciate you, sir. You too, brother. I appreciate it. Can you pray us out, man? Absolutely. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share, Lord, um, with the world who needs to hear about you, God. Help us to keep you at the center of our lives, the center of our family, God. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, for every, every husband, every wife, Lord, I pray for every child, God, Lord, that you cover them, Lord, um, that you cultivate them together, Lord, that you protect the family, Lord, that families that are broken, you begin to restore, Father, Lord. I pray, yeah. Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that today begins a new day, Lord, in multiple families around the world, Father. Father, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that anybody who is listening today who may be lonely, may not have family, God, Lord, that you provide them with what they need, God, a sense of belonging, Lord, a sense of purpose, Lord. Send them, Lord, family that they can believe in and trust and walk out life with, Lord. God, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I pray that you bless church, Lord, and I pray that um, someone is helped and blessed by today's episode. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, man. Love you too, man.